Welcome. We trust you will be encouraged by this message from Mahesh and Bonnie Chavda by Chavda Ministries International. Real love, real people, real power. I, w- I want Hank Rooney to come up yeah. yes. and share yeah. a word <laughs> with us. Good to be here. Yes, it's good to see you, Hank and Pam. Praise the Lord. You know, that couldn't have been better timing, that dedication, because let me just go back and set the stage. On the 28th, I had a very difficult time breathing, and um, I went to the Novant Hospital in Mint Hill, and they got me in there pretty fast and uh, found that I had a problem breathing, but I also had a pretty good-sized blood clot. I sometimes say paint clot, but... It is a blood clot, and uh, he said, it's good you came in here, but we can't handle you here. we got to get you downtown. So they got me in the ambulance. I'd never been in an ambulance before, and the nurse said, I have a penthouse already set up for you <laughs> in the ICU unit. So <laughs> thank you. It wasn't quite a penthouse, but it was very nice. <laughs> but but um, so they got me in there, and they got, you know, you know what it's like, the, up the nose with the oxygen, the, you know, all over your chest, in the fingers. And I'm really tied up. I couldn't go anywhere. But it was very, very interesting. Since I've been home, I've really had a great opportunity, besides sleeping and watching John Wayne movies, to, <laughs> to, watch a li- to think a little bit about prayer and what it really means. And it was very revealing to me. And it made me really think about a couple of special times. I think it's, for me anyway, when it really hits you and you're really involved, you can really feel the power of prayer. Uh, I know to pray and all that, but when it hits, hits you. And I was thinking of two times. One, um, Pam and I have traveled on five continents ministering over the years. And we had a church family up in uh, New Hampshire, and they really would pray for us and intercede for us. But we could feel that, especially in Malaysia, we could really feel the prayer from people praying for us. It, it would just it infiltrates you. I can't think of a better word. It just infiltrates the second time is when I just went through this last situation. And we found out, Pam and I involved in the Alitas prayer group. They were praying for us. A church which we started up in New Hampshire were praying for us. But on that Sunday, Pastor Bonnie got up and she asked, I found this out on Sunday afternoon. She asked the people to stand up Raise your hands and pray in the spirit. I <laughs> might not be able to get this out. I found out about this Sunday afternoon. Peter and Carol called me to fill me in. And the prayer team got up and prayed. Mary got up and prayed in the spirit. And in English, I heard it was a very powerful prayer, Mary. But the church was praying for me. And when I was told that, it just really hit me. 
uh, the prayer. And it really made me think about what it means to be connected in the body of Christ, where you, people know who you are. You have the opportunity to grow. We talked about the prophetic prayer for Nicole. The prophet, where, how is that going to grow? It's going to grow in the body of Christ, being connected week after week, people getting to know you, people mentoring you, you mentoring other people. So it made me really realize how important, I, I don't want to skip church. I, I don't want to watch it online. I want to be here. And I encourage every one of you, get connected in a church. Be connected. Get to be known. Let them get to know who you are. And that's going to happen if you're here. Praying for each other. That's another word that came forth this morning. So I, that was another very, very important thing. It really made me think about how valuable it is to be living in the kingdom where we're together, praying for each other, knowing what the needs of other people are and fulfilling them. So I wanted to just share that. That was so powerful when I heard that what you people did standing up and praying in the spirit like that. Wow. If I wasn't connected with this church, that would not have happened. Think about that. That would not have happened. Pastor Bonnie wouldn't have known who I was. And other people have been praying for me. But that's prayer. That's being in the kingdom. But there's something else they wanted to share with you. Maybe on a little bit lighter note. When I'm in there, in the hospital, I got my Bible on Saturday, so I started praying. Healing prayers, yes, but I was directed in another area to pray. And I would be praying, the nurses would be coming in, and I'm all hooked up, and you know what it's like. I know Ron and Peter know what it's like. They've gone through this just recently. I went to Philippians 4. And I'm reading this, and the nurses were coming in, checking my blood and everything else. And I'm reading this in the th four promises in here. One, it says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. There's no restrictions on that. I, you know, because I'm sitting there with a thing up my nose, that's not a restriction. I have to rejoice in what I'm going through. The next one, be anxious for nothing. That's powerful. Be anxious for nothing. That's what the promise is in the word of, this is a love note. This is a love letter from Jesus to me. The third one, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I changed that around a little bit. I said, even in my condition, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. In the fourth one, it says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Those four things. So the nurses will be coming in, checking me, checking my blood, and I'm reading this. I said, let me read this to you. So two nurses, I said, come over here, let me read this to you. So I, I read the four points to them. I was a captive, they were a captive audience to me. They had a weight on me. 
So they had to listen to me. I'm paying the bill. <laughs> so I, I read it to them. And a couple of them said, I, I've never heard that before. But we're to be a light wherever we are. Arise and shine and be a light wherever we are. And I knew I was to be a light. And I was to especially four nurses and a social worker. I read that to a couple of them and I prayed for the, these five women at different times. And my prayer, not, it was not a salvation. I just felt I needed to pray for encouragement for these five women. Yeah. And I, they, I prayed, two of them said, I've never heard a prayer like that. Oh. We take it for granted. Yeah. So I'm in the hospital, all these tubes, and I was a light. And I was really thanked by these nurses for just being who I was. I'm an encourager. You know, you get better treatment when you're nice to people. <laughs> I know I get good treatment. But I just wanted to share with you briefly. Again, thank you so much. I can't thank you enough for that prayer. And it was just not that Sunday afternoon. It was the continued prayer that I... I know I've received from all of you, and I appreciate that. But so I encourage you to be in the be in church, be in the kingdom, be in, be with us, be with us as a family of God. You'll you you'll be blessed. Nicole is going to be raised in church, and those gifts through the prophetic word that was just given is going to be developed. Going to be developed in that young boy. Powerfully. There was a strong word for him, but it will be developed in the church. And I encourage you that because we can mentor to other people and other people can mentor to us in the body. So come, be together. Be together. I just want to thank you again. I'll tell you, here I am in the hospital room hearing about you guys praying for me like that. <laughs> well, I couldn't hold it in. I was so, just so encouraged and blessed knowing that I had a church family praying for me, just like that. In the kingdom of God, other people praying, other churches praying. And it was just, you almost have to experience it. Ron, would I be right in saying that? Peter, where are you? Would I be right in saying that about you when you were in the hospital? The body of Christ praying. Get me. If you're not known in the body, get to be known. Yeah. I can say that for Barry over here, too. So I thank you very, very much. I just want to thank you again. And now I want to turn it back to the good-looking pastor. <laughs> I thought I was a good-looking guy, but <laughs> that's it. Uh, yeah, that's good. Hank, hang on. I, I have a, a question for you. Since uh, the good-looking evangelist, pastor, apostle, I think you sold the rights to the title good-looking pastor, and that man has retired. You need to call him up and take that title back. Uh, sorry, that's just a little side. If you, if you don't, I'm going to take it. Oh, well, there you go. It may be open for domain purchase yeah, right. soon. But given that Pastor Mash opened today talking about Valentine's and Valentine's Day, the moment that he was, and I'd been thinking already of, of you and Pam, but you've been married for how many years? 62. Wow. 
I suspect that that gives you some authority and insight on wisdom in a long-term, happy, married relationship. If you were to give us counsel, what would be the first thing off the top of your head? Boy, oh, you just opened the door for me. <laughs> you just opened the door. See this here? Looks like a plane. Remember making these things when you were younger? I need Kyle to help me with my aerodynamics. <laughs> it doesn't really work too well. But a big thing, when um, I was in Okinawa in the Marines, and we spoke one time in 15 months, we wrote letters almost every day. Sometimes I cheated, I would wait four or five in one day, but I had to remember what the dates were. Pam, I finally told her what I did. I knew I wasn't going to get away with it. But fifth, I learned an awful lot about Pam through those letters. Some years passed after that. We had five dates before we got married. One date was taking me to the Boston Navy Yard to ship my stuff overseas. Great data. A few years after that, we got involved in marriage encounter. And that was writing letters and dialoguing. And it was a great time. Well, about four months ago, leading up to what you're saying, Pam, the Holy Spirit reminded Pam about these letters. So we have been writing love notes to each other almost every day for the last four months. And we just write it on a little piece of paper and just pass it off to each other. I'm not very good at flying, but it was, I can't believe men, I'm speaking to the men, I'm not a great writer, Pam is. But it's amazing, when I put that pen to the paper, what comes out, what the Holy Spirit reveals to me to write. And we share these things with each other. And we're doing it for four months now. It's like a little spark in your life. You've got to come up with different things. But it's so powerful what the Holy Spirit is revealing to us. And I, it's not planned. I don't know what I'm going to write until that pen goes on the paper. So that's a key. Staying in communication with each other. And I would challenge you to write to your spouse. And you're going to tell me, okay, I'm single. <laughs> write to Jesus. Write a love note to Jesus. And read it to him. And I'm going to tell you, if you read it to him, wait. Because he's going to reply back to you. Don't feel like you're shortchanged. You have a direct avenue right to Jesus if you're single. So that's really it. You know, we all have, you know, seeing people once in a while. So you got to work on your marriage. 62 years. Doesn't seem possible. I don't know where the time went. But we've had a great, we've been able to minister together. And that's powerful too. But yes, to answer your question, Pastor, um, the, those love notes are powerful. And I would encourage you to do it in the morning when you're fresh. And just, it's going to come. Don't worry about what you're going to write, Barry. Holy Spirit's going to tell you. 
And I'm going to check up on you, Barry, on purpose to make sure you're doing it. No, Roxanne, I'll check up with you. So that's, wow. you opened the door for me to share that. It's powerful. It's powerful. It's a, it's a little simple thing. Look at the size of the paper. It's nothing. It's not, an, not a long thing. I don't know if I would write it if it was long, but I, I can fill that paper. And we write differently, which is it's fun to see what I'm getting from Pam. And I know for her to get what I send her to. So, yes, you gotta, this is one key thing that's really working for us right now. And you just have to work at your marriage. And part of it, we've been saved since 1973 and involved in church all that time. That's also a big key, a big, big, major key. So I hope that answered your question. Thank you. That's beautiful. Would you pray for us just as a community in respect of these things? And not only the people here, but the many others watching on the web, this blessing would be for them also. Holy Spirit, I pray for each one of us in this building, those who are watching us. I pray, Holy Spirit, reach out, reach down and listen to us. Listen to what our needs are. And I pray, Holy Spirit, reveal yourself to each one of us. Show us what you have for us, not only in this Valentine's Day, but every day of our life. I pray for your direction, that you would show each one of us what you have for us. I pray, Nicole, just weeks old, that you would reveal to him, even at his age, what his callings are. I just pray in Jesus' name. Do not pass by any one of us. And I pray in Jesus' name that we would go to the Holy Father, we would go to Jesus, we would go to the Holy Spirit and pray and seek direction. Read the best love letter there is. Read that and believe Amen. it. Has anybody found error? No. I can't think of any. It's truth. Follow the directions we have already written down to us. So I pray for fulfillment of each one's life. Yet you would raise, rise to the occasion, rise to the vision that the Holy Spirit has for each one of us. Seek him. Don't take granted who you are, what your calling is. Seek a challenge. Seek growth. And seek the love of the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. Amen. 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 Yeah. Thank you so much. Give him a clap offering. Thank you. Thank you. It was such good news to know that the Lord met him in the hospital and healed him. So I'm glad. We're grateful for you and Pam. And we encourage you from time to time to demonstrate your love by dancing here before the Lord. It's wonderful. Hallelujah. I want to read to you from the few minutes we have. We are, I'm not going to we'll just stay here for a while. We have 
some of you have been praying for the Cincinnati Bengals. Some of you for the Los Angeles. So there's what the Lakers? <laughs> no, it's the Rams. Yeah, I think the Bengals may need a lot of angelic help. But may they receive it. <laughs> so if you see the ball passing supernaturally. You may know that the angels are intervening. Uh, but anyway, I do want, I wanted to just share a couple of scriptures and make a couple of comments here. Uh, it says in Joel chapter 2, I love this, but we're going to declare it. See in verse, Joel chapter 2, verse 28 onwards. In fact, I'll rather begin with verse 25. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, consuming locust, and the chewing locust, my great army which I sent among you. So I will restore to you. Say, he is restoring to me. He is restoring to me. That's a living word. The word of God is alive and has been breathed upon by the Holy Spirit. So it is unusual. It's not like some ordinary person talking to you. It's even though prophets wrote, received the word, but it was breathed supernaturally by the power of the Holy Spirit. So when God says, I will restore, this is an eternal word and an eternal promise. So I'm claiming it for you. That even though the enemy sometimes tries to steal, God says, I will restore. It's a promise. And you shall eat in planting and be satisfied. In the midst of this thing of, and a lot of uh, people, anxiety, the inflation rate is going up tremendously, uh, has this last year. So a lot of people have had some struggles. It made we claim this as a word also. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. And then the, the promise. Another awesome promise even for this today. Verse 28. It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and my maid servants, I'll pour out my spirit in those days. So this is during this last, as we conclude this fast, 40 days we are claiming, may the Lord keep his word and there'll be a mighty outpouring, a global outpouring of his Holy Spirit yes. upon all flesh. So this is, whether you're in the South Pacific, or whether we, we had some people listening in Japan, the gospel, or the Middle East, may they receive this word. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. 
Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. May there be a great restoration of his presence. And at this time, one of the things that I kind of noticed that quickened this again for me was I was somehow drawn. I've not done that much looking at YouTube at some of the channels. But I was drawn to the news what was happening in Canada and Ottawa and the bridge crossing, uh, the key bridge crossing between Canada and the U.S. that was blocked by this uh, truck convoy. That's the Freedom Convoy. And we are experiencing several major events around the world. But this was something that, for me, really was something that the Lord was underlining. That we, as a believing church, there was something of God's promise. And by the way, I was among the channels that I happened to look at was this one called Viva Frey, F-R-E-I. And there are other, the rebel media, the other things you may not be, be more aware of those than I am. But there were, what I've noticed over the last few days is that multiple thousands of people all from all over Canada were congregating at this, some of these key places at, in Ottawa and uh, other uh, the Ambassador Bridge and other crossings. And as I patiently watched, I've, somehow I just, usually I don't stay on those things for too long, but I just stayed. And it, it was like one after the other, Literally thousands of people were marching by and they were just want to take note that of course we are America in America we love freedom and uh, we it is America is still I mean uh, the most blessed nation and part of it is because of the constitution we have and the great freedoms we enjoy. But so much we owe to previous generations who treasured some of these uh, items that we, for some decades, began to start taking it for granted. And Canadians, I found, they are the most law-abiding, supposedly the most law-abiding citizens in the world. They, they're just something about them. They're very much quieter and... Um, they just believe and honor different things that we sometimes question. The Canadians have more of a tradition of being obedient to the law, but suddenly something started happening and stirring among the Canadians. And they said, we have had enough of these mandates. We have had enough of this commanding us to remain separate. And, uh, and then one after the other, hundreds, you saw people who had 
good people, sweet people, who had lost their jobs. Nurses, doctors, policemen, veterans, army veterans, uh, pe people from all walks of life had been fired or had to quit because the mandate was there. And it had become a tool by which the enemy was beating on the head some of the sweetest law-abiding people you have ever seen. And uh, one of the things I noted was whenever the police would move trying to obey the bureaucracies, a lot of these people would get together, hold hands and pray, or sing hymns. I mean, Christian hymns that were and I realized almost all of those people marching in the thousands were believers. Um, and uh, things that had been hidden, they found out that a lot of the bureaucracies had been spying on these innocent law-abiding people. Uh, and uh, when you heard their testimonies, it really convicted you. Uh, but many sincerely believed that taking the shots, these jabs, the column, that it would hurt their bodies. And so these people in the thousands gathering together saying, we're just asking simple things. Uh -huh. We're not asking for money. We're not asking for... But we, we do not want to have these mandates, which we have to, we are required, if we keep our jobs, we have to have these shots. If we have to go to these restaurants, we have to have these passports, not only for us, but for our children. And uh, they started, one of the incidents, found they started moving the, moving the trucks and moving the people around, arresting them at the Ambassador Bridge. And they all came together and started singing the Lord's Prayer. Uh, and I would say that these are um, really family people, believing in families. Many of them had their children with them. And part of it was, and I saw this in live recordings that people were just coming and re putting their cameras out there. And ordinary people helping other people, giving so generously. And I said, this is something unusual. There's something in the, I'm, I'm talking about multiple thousands of people all across this land that's been our friend in all the major wars. Canadians were right alongside Americans in the battles. So we have a great, great friendship with this nation and this people. And there is something that I've, I wanted to be aware of, that there's something that I would call part of the awakening. It is something unusual that's not regular. It's not newspaper advertising or um, 
people that we would take it as ordinary events. This is something that's happening in, in such a powerful way and that it is beginning to spread, that it's possible this thing may spread in the U.S. It is people, there are rumors or postings that there will be people hearkening to this freedom convoy rumor and that they are responding in Australia, in New Zealand, and maybe in certain parts of Europe. But uh, because of this is the last week of our corporate fast, I wanted to pay attention to what's happening in the nation, especially our neighbor, that this was not, even though it's human beings and it's causes that we can understand and that even we have had to go through where we have family members or we had to go through this where either they get this shot that is required by the bureaucracies here or they lose their jobs. That uh, nurses, I was hearing the stories of nurses and doctors who have been faithful for years in serving humanity and yet they would get instantly fired if they objected or questioned. And so it's uh, something that I want to say, Ed, in the prayer that we have, in the fasting and the prayer that you have prayed, Lord, you have promised, in the last days I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh, your sons and your daughters uh, will prophesy and that there will be a great restoration in Acts chapter 3 and times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. That uh, this is something that we want to pay heed to. But one of the things that I mentioned is the amazing generosity of these people helping each other. And uh, so this made me look up. So I'm not, we are not going to look at the negative. We are not going to look in any way I'm going to, we're going to drive out the spirit of depression. Uh, just look up, your redemption is drawing nigh. And getting where we are encouraging each other, our focus is not being taken away from our freedom. And uh, that God will save these multiple thousands of jobs that the people who have been fired, that there will be a restoration and that there will be a supernatural way that God answers the cry of these people or crying. They don't want to be slaves. And that was amazing that it's a mini testimony of what we have here in the United States with so many people from all over the world who find a home in this land. But in a mini way, it's also the testimony of Canada. I found so many people who interviewed. Where are you from? I'm from Romania. I'm from, why are you here? Uh, heard especially from people who had come from Eastern Europe, you know, Slovakia, or, uh, and I've ministered love. I even remember some of the 
Slovak language. And, uh, but and the Polish and the Romanian people were saying, now these things that what the bureaucracies mm-hmm. are saying is similar mm-hmm. to what we experienced in the communist seasons in our nation when Slovakia or Romania or Poland, they were under communist oppression. And it reminded them of the same things that were happening now. And that's why they said, we are deeply concerned and we are here. So this is, it reminded me of God's promise. I will restore what the canker worm or the palmer worm or the locust has eaten. And I will bring you seasons of refreshing. And for us not to be afraid, God saying, I will satisfy you. You will be fed. And uh, so not to be afraid of the different things that sometimes threaten us. And look up, your redemption is drawing near. And uh, Acts chapter 2 says that this promise of restoration, of promise of outpouring is for you, for your children, and all that are afar off. Um, and so the cross, and all of this was on the basis of the cross of Jesus Christ. He laid down his life. Therefore, we can claim these promises of restoration, of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon us and our children, and that the Lord is going to keep our children safe and uh, from any attack of the enemy. We plead the blood of Jesus Amen, Lord. over each Thank of you, you Jesus. over all the families watching. Thank you, Lord. And may you walk in faith and in confidence. Mm. And may you know revival. That is uh, part of our revival was called the Feast of Harvest. Uh, may we have an amazing harvest of souls across the earth this year, that there would be a great outpouring. When I met Bonnie and all that, we, we had been freshly baptized in the Holy Spirit. And it was some of the most uncanny, hard to describe in words, the amazing multiple thousands that were converted to the Lord and baptized in the Holy Spirit. And in some ways, watching these Canadians it reminded me of the supernaturalness of the Lord, what he was doing. And I want to take notice and say, Lord, yeah. we hold on to your promise. You're going to restore us. Times and seasons of restoration are coming from the presence of the Lord. Yeah. That this little clue, what's happening in Canada, may be a little bit of an evidence that he's going to do this across the nations. And so in in this, the concluding time of fasting before the fast is over, we are claiming God's mighty promise of global revival and outpouring. May Canada be one of the first ones. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. One of the things that comes to my attention in... uh, Many of the dynamics that have occurred over the last couple of years here in the States, and now we're seeing this demonstration of really grassroots people from every walk of life 
um, in this freedom convoy in Canada is how important it is for Christians, for believers, to be able to discern the times and not be presumptuous about it, but actually to look and see and understand from the counsel of the Lord what is actually happening. And Pastor, I really appreciate you drawing us, drawing our attention as example to this dynamic that is truly something rising in the nations. And I think it's very important that we discern and be able to see what is light and what is darkness, what is the Lord and what is not. And of course, we know that scripture, there, there is a cry for freedom that comes out of the human uh, you know, breast, the human living person. There is a cry for freedom. And it's because we have the thumbprint of our creator in us. And that is one of the essential aspects of who he is as God Almighty. And that is the Lord, the sovereign Lord in liberty. And uh, of course, Jesus, when his time came, he stood up and he pronounced, when the spirit of the Lord comes, there are certain evidences and one of the principal evidences is a sudden appearing or ascending forth of the messengers of God. As Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is on me. And then what happens? He has sent me into the broken world, if you will, or into darkness as a light. But he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to open blind eyes, to bring restoration. And of course, he says, to proclaim liberty to those that have been taken captive. The recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty. Say set at liberty. Set at liberty. Say it again. See, this is one of your prophetic proclamations. Why? Because the spirit of God dwells in you. Where the spirit is, there is. So these things are clear evidences of what spirit is it? It's the spirit of the Lord to set at liberty those who are oppressed and proclaim this is the time of the Lord's visitation. Say, this is the time of his visitation. And just a couple of thoughts in it. We have been praying for and looking for the refreshing and arising of the church to be all that the church is designed and birthed and anointed and proclaimed to be by the Lord and by scripture. Arise, shine, for your light has come. The key is the presence of the person of the Holy Spirit. And uniquely, there is a place, a repository, if you will, for that person. And it is in believers and specifically in the corporate community of the church of Jesus Christ that is called by him the foundation, the ground and pillar of truth, where there is no other truth available in the earth, but what the church brings. And so discerning these times and these movements. But one of the things that I have taken note of in this last two years, the voice rising for freedom and the, the people coming together with that cry in here in the States, it has been majorly if you go into some of these moments and these movements, like we're seeing in Canada, you find Christians. You find Christians are the ones responding and oftentimes leading the rising of this voice. And that is appropriate. 
What we are seeing at the same time is the power, as Pastor mentioned, of human bureaucracies that I'm sorry to say throughout history and in scripture are typified ultimately empires and governments as becoming wild, unruly beasts that devour the people they have power over. And this is what we are witnessing. We're in the middle of witnessing these kind of phenomena in the earth. And COVID is the thing that has brought this as an opportunity for us to begin to see clearly some of the things and hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And, of course, Jesus quoted from Isaiah. And just a reminder on discerning the times. Isaiah 11, which Jesus quoted of himself, and then the advent comes on the church in the day of Pentecost. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom, say wisdom, Wisdom. understanding, Understanding. counsel, Counsel. might, Might. knowledge, Knowledge. and the fear of the Lord. Can you say amen? amen? And it says in that context that movement is grounded in the fear of the Lord. And there we find believers. We find the church. Your courage, your conviction, your clarity comes from the fear of the Lord, which overrides every other fear including the fear of man, including the fear of the loss of life. This was the spirit that empowered in America since our very founders and why they wrote, to this liberty we pledge our lives, our fortunes, and our reputation, our sacred honor, and they paid with it. We have this inheritance in America. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and here it is. He won't judge by what his eyes see, or make his decision on the basis of what his ears are hearing. However, this, there is a way of proper judgment. It says he will judge with righteousness, with right thinking, with understanding the right moral way, and make his judgment according to that. And decide justice for the meek, for those who are oppressed, who are under powers of oppression. Say justice. And then... He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath. Who's the breath of God? Holy Spirit. Who is the breath of God? With his breath, he will slay the wicked. For righteousness shall be the belt of his loins and faithfulness, the belt of his waist. I encourage you this week to go back and read Isaiah 11 and take in what the revelation of when the Spirit of the Lord moves of what happens there. And you know all of this cry for divisiveness and this and that and something else, the immense hypocrisy of bureaucracies that used all of these same things against us, against the peoples, to stop our lives. And at the forefront of accusations, when it came down to public forums, it was accusations against Christians, against the church. In Canada, this cry for freedom began in the church. It was very explicit, and we watched it. In many of the conservative stirring and movement here in the U.S., it has begun with Christians and is moving towards more of a grassroots outcry. So let us discern the times, because God has spoken to us prophetically that this year is a year to engage. Say engage. So I would like for us to stand up as a community, as a, a point of light, as a representation of the wider body of Christ, and as vessels of the Spirit of the Lord. And I want us to make, together with Jesus, a proclamation. You ready? With gusto, with one voice, 
The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Spirit of the Lord. Because he has anointed me. To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me. To heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. To recover sight for the blind. And set free the oppressed. Proclaiming. This is the year. Of God's acceptance. And favor. Amen, church. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, Super Bowl is waiting. So may you have a great day. May the underdogs be empowered by the Spirit of the Lord. And frankly, if I was voting for a city to have more influence, it wouldn't be for L.A. Just saying. Come on now. Just saying. <laughs> yes. Amen. Amen. Well, we are always for the underdog, so amen. Hallelujah. Take your neighbor's hand. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we speak. Say in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I bless the name of Jesus. I bless the name of Jesus. And I receive his blessing. And I receive his blessing. His protection. His protection. I'm protected. I'm protected. By the blood of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus. By the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Lord. And I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big clap offering. Hallelujah. We hope you enjoyed this message. To order more great resources by Mahesh and Bonnie Chavda, visit us at chavdaministries.org. For a full catalog of our products, you can call us at 1-800-730-6264. God bless you.